Welcome to Childcare CRM, the podcast. You're familiar with Childcare CRM, the company, and hopefully you love using Childcare CRM, the product. I'm your host, Sierra Rossing, and I serve as the content marketing specialist at Childcare CRM. In today's episode, I'll be interviewing childcare business owner, consultant, and industry influencer, Danny Christine. We'll be addressing her experience in childcare, how she and her team adjusted to the COVID pandemic, and how to grow your enrollment by meeting today's parents where they're at. Hey, Danny, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Great. I've really been looking forward to our session. I've been looking forward to it as well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. So like I mentioned, I'm familiar with your YouTube channel, and I saw in one of your videos that you opened your first center in your early 20s. Is that right? Yeah. So I I did open my first home daycare program when I was 20 years old. Wow. Yeah, it was just before, a few months before my 21st birthday. Wow, that's amazing. What was the um, enrollment capacity? My home, so in in New York, um, if you have if you're licensed for a group family daycare, uh, your capacity is most likely going to be twelve children under the age of five, um, with an additional four children that could be up school age. So in total, I could have no more than sixteen children at one time. Got it. Wow. And before that, you had worked in the childcare industry. It sounds like. Yeah, I was a um, assistant teacher at a daycare center in my hometown. So I, I, I started there in 2010 when I was in high school. And then I took that job on full time while I was also pursuing my bachelor's degree. Um, so I worked at, at that center for about four years before I started my own home daycare. Okay, got it. So what was that journey like from going from home daycare to now owning and operating two center locations? It was very different. (laughs) Um, Owning a center is extremely different than a home daycare, but I definitely encourage everybody that is starting starting out initially, if they can and are willing to do a home daycare first, um, just because it, it provides you with so much like, essential practice that you need on a much smaller level, um, a lower risk, like you're not talking about upsetting dozens and dozens or hundreds of families if you if you have the wrong policy or if your procedures aren't right. Um, starting off small is helpful in many different career paths and, and businesses. So um, I learned a lot of lessons owning a home daycare and it helped me be better with being stronger about my policies and procedures, um, which eventually helped me a lot further down the line with owning my first center. Um, So the journey getting from one home daycare program to two centers at this point, there was a lot of in between, but really the biggest leap forward was I had a family friend that invested um, invested in in my in my program and helped me to he, he fronted a good portion of the cost of opening my first center um, and he was my partner in the business for the first 
year or so in my center-based location until my dad bought him out and now I'm in business with my dad. So it's a family business. That's awesome. So what inspired you to go from owning and operating these centers to now starting your consulting and consulting business and kind of being an influencer in the space? So my, um, what inspired me was actually my YouTube channel. You mentioned, um, I don't know if you mentioned that you, you saw some of my YouTube videos before, yeah. but I've actually been on YouTube for about nine years. Um, oh, I just realized that yesterday. <laughs> that has been so many years that I've had this channel. Um, but it started out as a quote unquote beauty channel. <laughs> and I was doing a lot of videos where I would like review different hair products and makeup mm -hmm. products and, and things like that so many years ago. Um, when I was still in college. And when I opened my home daycare, I had mentioned it very briefly in one of my videos that I had a, a home daycare. And I started getting so many questions about how I did it, why I chose to do it, how I, how like how I went through licensing, would I recommend it? I was getting comments from people all around the world about the fact, like about my daycare. And that's really what um, eventually led to me starting consulting. Uh, I answered, I did a video where I answered a lot of the questions that I was being asked and that just sparked more questions. And eventually I was like, maybe I need to set up an email address. So it was really people coming to me with questions is what led me to having the title now of a consultant and starting childcaresites.com. Wow, that's awesome. And when did you start Childcare Sites? Um, I started childcare sites in 2018. That, that's when I started that website specifically. I had different branding before a few years ago that just didn't really make sense. But what all the things that I do now, um, pretty much started in 2018. And, um, but I didn't start doing everything consistently and offering all the different things that I offer on until this pandemic happened. When when COVID hit um, back in March, we March of 2020, I had a lot of extra time on my hands. I was getting a lot of questions about how I was handling things inside of my own business um, because we, we never had to close throughout the pandemic. New York considered um, child care providers to be essential workers and we were allowed to stay open so long as we didn't have any confirmed cases and knocking on all types of wood. We have been good this whole time and have not needed to quarantine anybody due to sickness. Um, so we were getting questions about our procedures and how, how we were able to do that. So from there is when I started doing weekly webinars, um, free webinars for anybody that wanted to join in and had questions or um, hosting with different other experts and, and leaders within the industry or different software management uh, systems like, like childcare CRM. Um, but uh, we would have guests featured on the webinars in order to lead a, a, an important topic uh, of discussion. So 
that I started doing a lot more in 2020, but it we've started in 2018. That's fantastic. I've certainly seen a demand for information concerning childcare business and marketing tips. So right. it's great that you were able to provide some resources for your audience. Yeah. So what current programs, events, or, um, you know, resources are you offering at this point? Yeah, so I try my best to get on as many platforms as I can to reach as many people as possible. Um, so people can find me in a few different places. Right now, I also host my own podcast called Childcare Sites and Sounds. Um, it comes out every Tuesday, and I typically co-host it with my company's operation operations manager, um, she, who is also one of my very good friends. Um, so that is a lot of the stuff that I do on YouTube and with webinars and um, being featured on other webinars and podcasts and stuff is something that is like, you know, very informative and scripted. And like, I, I try my best to give as much formal information as I can, but my podcast is really a place where I can just relax and be comfortable and um, just have a conversation about the different struggles and different celebrations of things that might be happening. So it's my co-host Gigi and I going through our real life experiences as women um, running a multi-site childcare business day to day. So that's interesting. We documented our um, our expansion process, uh, talking about the different highs and lows and like ups and downs of looking for a location and what what was bothering us and what upset us or what we're happy about. And I, I really, in preparing for this podcast with you, Sierra, realized how special that's going to be to us a few years down the line, having all of those things recorded and those conversations that we were upset about in, in, in back in 2020 and what it might seem like to us like five years from now. So there's a lot of moments like that on our Child Care Sites and Sounds podcast. Um, but in addition to that, I do the weekly webinars like I was telling you about um, that are hosted by other consultants, coaches, or uh, management software companies um, presenting on a specific topic. Um, and then I've also launched different courses over the past few months. And this month specifically, I just released a new course called Five Steps to Open a Five-Star Childcare Business. And the reason for that is because I started getting a lot of repeated questions during my consultation sessions with people that, because my clients are mostly people that want to own, to open up a program, whether that be a home daycare or a center, they're new to the field and um, need help with opening or licensing or some or something like that. So I was like, let me just, you know, create an all-in-one course to walk people through the initial steps that they need to take. So um, that's what that's for. And and that's on my available right now on childcaresites.com. Great. And how long will that be available just for people who may be listening 
Um, it'll most likely always be there. I don't plan to take it down. It's not like an ongoing coaching program or anything like that. It's just a course that they can access and um, watch videos and get download um, stuff to download and walk them through certain steps. So it'll it's going to stay up there. Okay, awesome. Given your experience in today's world, what are some key areas that owners and operators should be focusing on to scale and grow their business? Um, I think definitely trying their best to make the, if we're talking about scaling and, and growing because we're at a point where we're getting more enrollments and we want to fill our programs and then we have a wait list and we wanna open another program, for us, the way that we've gotten there is by making things really, in addition to putting ourselves out there in the community and marketing, um, making things convenient for families that are trying to enroll with us. So we have a really simple website design where there's a lot of um, call to actions on the website, as well as different, like, um, what do you call it, like, um, forms where we can collect our, our um our leads information. If a family is looking for childcare and they st they're on our website, there's so many pages where they can add in like to schedule a tour or to, um, and actually I think our schedule a tour form is childcare CRM's um, uh, yep. integration. Yeah. So there's that. We also have um, promoted uh, New York State currently has a scholarship program going on where families can get child care for free if they're an essential worker um, with a household income under a certain level. And there, we advertise that as if not as if it's our own program, but we, we're letting people know that it's available and that they can come to us for more information about it. And we collect, we've collected so many families' information from that alone by having this special offer outlined on our website and collecting collecting their information straight from online. There might be a family that's more inclined to put their email address or phone number into our website than picking up the phone to call us first. So I think that it's important that providers understand that not, not everybody wants to immediately make a phone call. You have to advertise other ways for people to contact you. Right. Definitely. That's a great idea. Um, advertising that offer from the state on your own website. That's really fantastic. And I definitely, of course, at Childcare CRM, we definitely agree that having forms on your website is super valuable. And we found mm -hmm. that, I believe uh, this was published in our benchmark study report recently, but I believe a family typically needs seven follow-ups before they make a decision about a childcare center. So yes. yeah, it's definitely showing that most people are not picking up the phone anymore and just calling to enroll. Uh, yeah, my um, my operations manager, Gigi, that co-hosts my podcast, she's mostly responsible for um, helping families through the enrollment process. And I'm always talking to her about, you got to do your seven touches. It takes seven touches. <laughs> and she, she's so annoyed with me by that. But yeah. I'm glad you said it. I'm going to yeah. make sure she listens to this yeah. episode. Yeah. It seems kind of crazy, but then I think about, you know, me, if I'm trying to decide on 
you know, maybe a bigger program or a, some larger investment, I'm like, I need a few nudges for sure from that company before I'm willing to invest. Yeah. So. Right. And like, honestly, sometimes I use um, companies email marketing as a reminder for myself, like I, I might not be ready to pay for something yet, but I know I need the product. And I'll I, instead of if I'm out or um, just not in the mood to write it down or put it in my calendar, I'm like, they're gonna email me. So it's fine. Like, I'll yeah. remember to go buy it when I'm ready, because they're going to email me. So I rely on those emails as reminders sometimes. So I, and I know our families uh, that are interested in our program are the same way. Mm -hmm. We actually rely a lot on um, your guys's uh, childcare CRM's um, templates that you have. The and there's one specifically that you have um, as a default labeled as the lost opportunity email. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So when that email goes out, we get a lot of families <laughs> that are um, like, no, I'm still interested. Please don't remove me from your list. I <laughs> it's it's really great. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah. We just had a center the other day actually report back to their customer success representative. And they said that they sent that exact same template and received a 48 percent open rate. So 48% of yeah. the people they sent that email to actually opened up the email and started engaging with them again. Yeah, we just had one yesterday from October. Somebody somebody got that lost opportunity email in October and replied yesterday, yes, I'm still interested. Yeah, Dang. yeah with yeah. the holidays and everything, I'm sure that's also caused a bit of, you know, delay does that impact your enrollments over the course of November, December? Um, honestly, no. We get we struggle with enrollment mostly in like surprisingly for the past couple of years, we've struggled mostly around September and October. We get the majority of our enrollments in the winter, like in January and the summertime. But for some reason, when it's time to go to like the new school year starts in, in September in New York, at that time, we're like, where are the kids? And, and maybe it's because we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of preschool classrooms with four-year-olds that are going to kindergarten. So for us, it always feels like we're losing a lot in September. Um, and we sometimes have to restructure ourselves like, okay, instead of having this be a preschool room, we'll make it a toddler room for this year. And then we start getting, um, we'll start getting more enrollments that way. So we have to keep switching up our rooms around September, October in order to keep our program full. Interesting. Okay. So one other question I had for you kind of about company culture, especially as a, you know, an owner yourself, um, how have you been able to manage like company culture across two locations during the pandemic? Has that been difficult to keep, you know, energies up? And everything? <laughs> um, I think that it's helped that we have not closed. Um right. We once once COVID became declared a, a public health, um, a, a national pandemic, um, 
I went into my centers and had a, a conversation with all of our staff. At that time, it was just one location. Uh, we didn't open the second one until September. So back in March, I went in, had an emergency staff meeting, and I let everybody know the reason why we were staying open. We, I was very transparent with them about, one, we have a lot of families that cannot work from home. They they are essential workers and they, they need to keep going to work and we need to be here for them. Um, also, we were not in a position where if we closed that I was confident we would be able to reopen. We didn't have a whole bunch of cash reserves in our savings and the majority of our families are um, subsidized. So mm-hmm. at that time, we did not know whether or not, we were being told that if we closed for any reason, we would not get paid. Um, and that's that's 90% of our, our income for our first location. So we there are so many reasons that we could not close. And I was just very transparent about all of those reasons with each one of our staff members. Um, I let them know that if they were not comfortable working, this was back in March, um, that if they were not comfortable working, that they didn't have to, that we probably wouldn't need everybody. And um, because many children were, were not going to be staying with us for the months of March and April, as far as we knew at that time, so that we would do layoffs. And if somebody wasn't um, comfortable working that they didn't have to. And we had a few, like maybe like three or four people leave. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we also uh, had a few people that we were able to transition to working from home if if they wanted to keep working, but knew that they couldn't out of safety at that time. They were working from home as our virtual learning teachers. So we were able to pivot and do a lot of things differently. We also had for a while, we had um, staff members coming in working one week on and one week off so that Mm -hmm. like we wouldn't have to close our whole building if somebody had uh, if somebody tested positive um it wouldn't affect everybody in the center Mm -hmm. so we kept them in the loop with different um the different strategies we were going to be implementing and got their feedback from it and that Mm -hmm. has really helped and with opening the second location during this pandemic, we had we started off with staff that we already had. So they were really excited about, you know, moving uh, about moving over to the second location. They helped us clean it up and get it ready. So it was a really positive um, experience for our co- company culture. I, I don't have any complaints about it or and we didn't have a really hard time. Um, outside of just the initial fear. Um, mm-hmm. But after having several conversations with them, it's it's been good. But yeah, that's great to hear that you're able to keep everyone engaged and in the loop with what was going on. So I mentioned this previously, but this month with Child Care CRM, we're focusing on how centers can meet today's parents where they're at. And during our benchmark report, we found that 80% of parents to children under the age of 12 are actually millennials. And this is specifically for the U.S. And so since that's kind of a big audience for a lot of our users, um, we understand that that really impacts how they're going to be able to engage and interact with their target demographic. 
So Mm -hmm. in your experience, do you have any ideas for how operators and owners can engage with millennial parents? Yeah, I do. And um, a lot of these ideas came from pivoting during this pandemic. Um, The first thing that we did uh, last year, early last year, was uh, switch our registration forms from paper to using a software to upload the registration forms on there and having parents sign electronically. So using that software has helped a lot because we are able to hold parents accountable. Not only does it make it convenient for them, that's the best part, right? Trying to get families to come in to sit down and do 20 pages of, of registration forms is is a lot. And then if they forget something, their child can't start until they come back. But being able to tell them over the phone, like, hey, we're about to send you the registration forms. It's coming to your email. You can fill them out and sign electronically and we'll get them right away has been super helpful. Um, We uh, also are able to hold them accountable for making sure that they don't miss any items like so often reviewing the paper registration forms will be like okay they they didn't add their income or they forgot to put the child's allergies with electronic registration forms they cannot move on past that they can't submit it without entering all the required information um and i know you were telling me that you you guys at crm have a new um product that helps with that yes we do so we launched childcare forms early last year, and we essentially digitize your custom registration forms. Whatever paperwork you need to be done during the enrollment process, our developers handle that and make sure that all the forms are showing up correctly, and you can enforce required fields. You can actually auto-populate information if there are duplicate fields. So, for example, a parent doesn't have to fill out their child's name 20 times, you know, they can just fill it out the once and then it will continue to populate for them. And we're actually in the process of launching a new level of child care forms mm-hmm. that I believe is set to come out in March. So definitely think everyone should keep an eye out for that. It'll be a little bit more self-service focused, but we will definitely release more information when the time comes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about it when it when it's ready. Um, so the registration forms have really helped us uh, a lot, and um, yeah, we we love that with that that process of electronic mm-hmm. forms, and with forms as well. Just trying to make everything as convenient for the parent. We do um, we offer them um, uh, the we will fax certain paperwork because some of our forms in New York State require third party participation like so a child can't start until we have a medical statement and that's completed by a doctor's office so in the past when we first opened we were doing like okay come in fill out your registration forms we'll give you the medical you bring it to the doctor the doctor will fill it out then give it back to you and then you bring it back to us so one thing that I noticed is that 
today's parents don't really like doing a whole bunch of extra things. So we'll tell them like, we'll fax it for you. Just as simple as that. Has your child been to the doctor within the past 12 months? If you give us their phone number, we will call the doctor. We will get their fax number. We will fax it to them and they can fax it back to us. So that really makes, um, cuts out the middleman of the parent and we get those forms back faster in order for um, the child to start um, according to the parent's desired start date. And also um, texting. We text our families now. We use a virtual phone system um, where it's like um, a marketing phone number that it's an app that's on our phone that we can um, uh not use our own personal cell phone number to advertise contacting our business. We have, we have, a, a I don't know what it's called, but a, like a, a different number. And um, through this app, families can call text or send us fax, fax or send faxes to us. Um, so that's been super convenient. I share the app with Gigi, our operations manager. So anytime the phone rings, it rings on the app on my computer. It rings my cell phone. It rings her computer and her cell phone. So if she's ever unable to answer a call and I'm hearing it ring too much, I'll pick it up, even though I'm not on site at the center. And also like, being able to immediately follow up with that phone from that phone call with a text message, texting families links to more information or texting them or asking them, you know, to send us certain things um, has been super convenient, both for us and the families. We get the information that we need um, faster than we ever did before with texting families. We also are able to follow up with, um, bringing them on and and part of those seven touches um, with the new families. And I, I love that CRM offers the um, the uh, marketing text messages as we can't do that with our virtual phone system. But when we do want to text all of the families that are in our leads, um, we're able to do that through CRM. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually... Um just released a new feature, which I'm really excited about for texting, which you can add emojis now, which is, you know, oh, nice. maybe not as important as some other things, but kind of. No, emojis important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just started incorporating emojis into our um, like email subject lines and we get so many more openings. Like when we send out marketing emails, I put little emojis in them if it's appropriate to do so. And, and people click on them. Yeah. Yeah, they get my attention for sure. I mean, you know, yeah. increase my excitement about something. So yeah, yeah. That's awesome. yeah. Texting is another thing that we found. I think um, we found that individual texts are six times more likely to be opened than um, a group text also. So people really kind of like that personal interaction. Right. Uh, yeah, I definitely leave all my group texts unread. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> I know when they fill up kind of your phones, like 20 unread messages. All yeah. time, so. Right. Um, I know you had mentioned a free virtual event. Was that for parents or was that... Uh, part of your consulting? Um, we, 
Yeah, it might have been for consulting, and we don't really have um, free virtual events right now. The, we we've done um, a free virtual class over the summer. Um, it was paid initially in the springtime. We were we were actually no, it's opposite. In the springtime, we did it for free, offering mm-hmm. virtual learning for children that their parents didn't want them to um, come to daycare, but still wanted them to be learning at home. We did that for free for March, April, May, and June, and then realized this is a lot of work. <laughs> so yeah. we charged for it oh, a small weekly fee in the summer. Yeah. Well, even aside from just keeping them engaged, the, the the reason we needed to charge for it is because we were actually spending money on the program, one for the teacher. And also right. um, we were purchasing supplies and delivering it to our families every oh, week wow. so that they could like we assumed that a lot of them didn't have like glue and construction paper and all of that stuff at home that would normally be in the classroom. So we wanted to make sure that they had those supplies and and could participate fully in the virtual classes each day. So we figured that we charge at least what we were spending on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that you're still offering now or is that something that ended? No. Our virtual teacher has since come back on site. Um, okay. And, well, and we good. didn't um, – yeah, we're, we're not doing it right now. We might in the future, but it was a lot for her. Um, and there was only a few students that were doing it, and many of them have also come back. Okay, yeah. So have you seen most of your most of the students who did leave um, due to COVID? Have they come back now at this point? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We started seeing um, children coming back I want to say around June, like in in the summertime. Oh, great. That's good to hear. So do you want to share with our listeners some of your handles on social media and where they can find you? Yeah. So on YouTube, it's um, youtube.com slash Danny Christine, or you can search Danny Christine, D-A-N-I-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Um, on Instagram, I am at Danny Christine Consulting. Um, if you happen to be in the beta group of Clubhouse, the app, <laughs> you can find me at Danny Christine on there as well. And I just started a Facebook group a couple weeks ago, and you can find me on Facebook in that group at um, by searching Child Care Clubhouse. Great. And I'll put links um, below where people can find you as well as childcaresites.com. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I I love this conversation and I'd love to, to do it again. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Child Care CRM or Child Care Forms, visit us online at childcarecrm.com. And make sure to follow, rate, and review so you never miss out on another episode.